Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Chris Fanini is senior writer at The Athletic for College Football on Twitter at Chris Fanini. 50 days out from week zero of college football. No better time to bring him on. Chris, how's it going? Going well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, as always. Um, we're, we're not that far out from uh, media days. You, you, are you going to be in attendance for any particular media days here? Up, yeah, upcoming? I, didn't, I, I did not realize until this week that Big 12 is next week uh, yep. here in Dallas, where I live. So I will be there, and I think I'm going to hit a couple of three, – three conferences have them in Dallas, along with Conference USA and the American. I think I'm going to hit all three. Yeah, um, Big 12, we had the uh, preseason football media poll. What do you think about Texas at the top? Are you a buyer of, of, of what, they're, what they're going to sell this year? I like the quarterback situation, good wide receiver situation, um, but it, it just seemingly never turns out how you want it to with, with Texas ultimately. Well – if I had to buy somebody, I would buy Texas. That's right. the team I have the most confidence in, but that doesn't mean I have a ton of confidence in them. And it's just because, like you said, they have the least amount of questions. Quarterback should be pretty good. Receiver is very good. Offensive line should be really good based on the recruiting they've done the last couple of years. Obviously losing two really good running backs is a whole, but – Top to bottom, this is a team that if Texas doesn't win the Big 12 this year, yep. I don't know if they're ever going to win a conference championship going into the SEC after this. I mean, everything is set up for Texas to have a big year in its final year in the Big 12. But when it's Texas and when it's Steve Sarkeesian, who's only won more than eight games in the season once, uh, it's right to be. it's fair to be skeptical. But isn't it strange? Like a, a couple of years ago when Lincoln Riley was at OU – um, you thought OU would be the team that would be more likely when they make that SEC transition. Oh, yeah, they'd be ready to go compared to Texas because Texas has been not not so great in the past decade. 
Uh, but right now, I mean, looking at the NIL situation, Brent Venables, his first year was was less than ideal. It feels like Texas is is way more equipped to make that jump going into 2024. Right now, I would say yes. Um, we got to see how this year shakes out. Does Oklahoma rebound from all those one-score losses it had? Um, can it find enough in the trenches? That, that When I think about going to the SEC, that's the biggest thing I think about with Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma has not been good on either side of the line the last couple of years. Nope. Texas has been recruiting very well on the offensive line, and like I said, should be a really good unit this year. You're going to need that to have any chance of success in the SEC. So, yeah, at this moment, I think Texas is probably better fit right now, but we'll see if Brent Venables has it going in year two. I am. I have professed my love to Quinn Ewers. So far, I, I really love what what he is as a quarterback. I think the the Ohio State NIL money he tried to get in his year in his one year there. He's in year three now. Last year, I think if he would have stayed in that whole Alabama game, he would have been great. What do you think about like his shots um, ultimately to be in that Heisman race and, and win a Heisman? I, I I like his I like his chances compared to a lot of people around the country. Well, I mean, if you look at it from an odds perspective. If Texas is the favorite to win the Big 12, mm-hmm. and if it does, and if it has a good year, it's going to be because Quinn Ewers has a good year, and therefore he'll be in the mix for the Heisman Trophy. You know, it's a quarterback award, and it's a quarterback award for the best programs. And if Texas is one of those, which people seem to think it could be, yeah, he, he could be there. The Quinn Ewers we saw in that first half against Alabama was eye-opening. Yep. It was everything you expected from a perfect 100-score recruit uh, quarterback coming out and look Quinn Ewers as the year went on got a lot worse his accuracy was a problem his downfield throws were a problem defenses started to figure him out a bit but he was also hurt yep. you know he got hurt in that Alabama game and he missed some time and clearly was not the same the rest of the year so if Quinn Ewers comes back and he's the guy we saw at the beginning of last year and he takes the you know adjustments and growth that you would expect uh, I think it's very, very possible. He 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 could be one of those. Um, I don't know what his odds are, but value you know bets for for the Heisman or something like that. Talking with Chris Vanini, senior writer for the Athletic on college football at Chris Vanini on Twitter. Now uh, it is fifty days out from Week Zero, and and once we start playing ball, uh, the, these stories tend to. Uh, have a way of making their way out of the news cycle, but it, right now it's just it, it just feels like front and center for me. Holler at me about the Pac-12, where we're headed with this thing. Do you think that we're going to have some dominoes fall here relatively soon, whether that be Colorado jumping to the Big 12, Arizona jumping to the Big 12, a TV meteorites deal being announced for, for not so much money? Like where, where do you think we're at in regards to the Pac-12 and their, uh, learning about their longevity? Well, we're basically a year out since the Pac-12 said it was going to do TV negotiations and we still don't have a deal, so that kind of tells you that. I mean, it's the one thing we've been waiting for that will determine everything else. And it's been a year, it's been a, a long, it's been months and months since we thought it was going to be done, and it hasn't been done. If the deal is good enough to keep Arizona and Colorado and them in the Pac-12 for a few more years, I think we're okay for a few years. If it's not, if Arizona and Colorado jump, then who knows what happens? I, do, do more Pac-12 schools go? Do uh, Does the Big Ten change its look at Washington and Oregon? Does, uh, does San Diego State get an invite or does it want an invite? I, I, like We don't know. 
And so anybody who says they know, you know, doesn't know. Because <laughs> right. pre- presidents in that league have said, yeah, the TV deal will be done in a few weeks. And then a few weeks go by and it doesn't happen. So, like, George Klyvkov has kept this very, very close to the chest. And just literally nobody knows yet. Yeah, and we thought he was going to be some uh, revolutionary uh, uh, revolutionary commissioner and, and try to make things happen, but it feels like he has been more reactionary than sort of out front trying to make things happen. No? I mean, he, he has been very reactionary since he's gotten that job. Yeah, you know, he's caught obviously very flat-footed uh, on that, which is partly on him and the conference for, for that happening. Once Texas and Oklahoma left um, – Anything was possible. And to, to, to trust Kevin Warren in the Big Ten and to go into that alliance to not sign a playoff deal at the time was just looks terrible looking back on it now. The ACC and the Pac-12 both got played by the Big Ten, which delayed playoff expansion and did its own TV deal and then changed its mind about playoff expansion. They got just taken for a ride by that. And it's, it's interesting, you know, you have these commissioners who come from different backgrounds. Kevin Warren came from the NFL. Brett Yormark at the Big 12 came from the NBA and other places. George Klyavkov came from the entertainment world, a lot of stuff in Vegas as well. And um, they've all handled things very, very differently. And I think George Klyavkov has um, uh, obviously been doing damage control since he took the job, in part because his predecessor, Larry Scott, did a terrible job. Yeah, um, it's, not like, right. it's not like he was walking into a good situation. <laughs> True. Um, it's just there's been a lot of cleanup. More and more things happen. So you guys with the Athletic College Football have put out your, your annual fan survey, and one of the questions in there is basically, like, how, how do you feel? Do you love college football more or less? Uh, you're looking at realignment, NIL, and everything else. One, I'm going to ask you, how, how do you feel about the direction of college football at large? And, like, when we when we talk about consumers, how, how do you think all of this this change, which I think some necessary, how do you think this is being received ultimately? Well, it depends what time of year it is. Because <laughs> right. last year, attendance was up for the first time in forever. TV ratings were great. Everything was up. For all the complaining about NIL and Portland, all this kind of stuff, once the season came, nobody cared anymore. They just wanted football, and they wanted a lot of it. And then we got into another offseason where we're talking about all sorts of stuff that's not football, and people get discouraged with the place, with the sport. Um, but once we're back in season, you know, we'll see if ratings continue to be good, if attendance continues to be good. And if it is, then it's a lot of – a lot of yapping for, for, for nothing. Things are going to change in the sport, no doubt. But ultimately, if, if, if you're not breaking away from, you know, the incident play, if you're, you're keeping the basic structure in place, the fans will be there. Now, the side conversation there, you talk about the same basic structure. I mean, when we talk about 10 or 20 years from now, I, I have a hard time believing the structure will remain the same. You have guys like Nick Saban talking about, uh, you know, employer, employee. Um, uh, we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, these guys being employees ultimately and getting salaries. Like, I, in 10 to 20 years, are, are we going to keep that same structure? I, obviously, time will tell, and, and we'll see, you know, how much greed is going to come into this conversation when, with all of the, the money being moved around, the, the amount of money that, that is being spent on these TV contracts. But in 10 to 20 years, do you think we'll keep that same structure, at least something similar, close? That I do not know, because when we get to the 2030s, you're going to have your next 
big round of realignment when the Big Ten deal comes up, when the SEC deal comes up. Uh, that's that's the big question. I, I, I don't know. Are we going to end up? <coughs> we're going to end up in a spot where a lot of schools are left behind. I don't know. At what point are players getting paid as employees? That's probably going to happen at some point. Yep. Um, will it matter? Will the Big Ten, and the SEC, having so much more money than the others? you know, turn them into more of a professional situation while the rest of college football is not. I don't know. I don't think any other people in charge know. I don't think any of the people in charge really think they're going to be around to deal with that, which is a whole other yep. situation where, especially with commissioners and people who come from outside of college sports, I think you have a lot of people coming in, shaking things up, and then getting out of there. Mm-hmm. Look what Kevin Warren did. He's gone already. Like, I, I, I think there's a lot of kicking the can down the road or I'll have the next people, you know, I'll, I'll do what's good for my conference or my place right now, jump out and someone else can deal with that when it happens. And we'll see when it happens. Yeah, we will. Talking with Chris Vanini at Chris Vanini on Twitter. Now this is my obligatory Memphis question in regards to realignment. What do you think, obviously the hometown team here, what do you think about their standing? We've had some things this off season that have transpired where you get a, report from College AD that um, the Big 12 and their officials were here. I had Dennis Dodd on the show. He said that it did not happen ultimately. What do you think, though, about Memphis um, and, and, and a potential Power 5 jump? Like, where, where, how, how well or not well do you think they're positioned? I, I, th- I think they're not positioned great, but it's not really their fault. I mean, like, San Diego State is – you know, the top of the line for realignment to get a power five invite because it's in Southern California and is good. Yep. Uh, like they, they've had a good football program. I see a great basketball program, but if that, if that te- if that program was in Memphis, I don't know if the Pac-12 is fine. not calling, you know, like right. these the, the things, these things play a big role with the big 12 moves. UCF is in Florida. It's a massive school. Houston is a massive school. It's in the footprint. Cincinnati just went to the playoff. BYU has been a historically good program. Like it made sense to add those after that. I don't know. Boise state, you know, had a lot of momentum for a really long time. They didn't get the call and they, they fell behind and now they're trying to, to catch up. Um, you know, does the, the big 12, you know, they, they, they want to add a few, but what they want to add right now is power conference schools. They want to add pac 12 schools. And if they don't do that, you know, do you look at UConn? Do you look at Gonzaga? Do you uh, can you convince the current Big Twelve schools to go heavy on basketball? I don't know. I'm skeptical of that. For all the talk about UConn and Gonzaga and all the stuff, I think that's more. Brett Yormark wants to do that, and the schools themselves yeah. may not want to. So, um, you know, we you don't want to get the conference too big at this point because you don't know what's going to happen next. So Memphis is just kind of in a spot where like it's good. Like there's there's a lot to like. It just kind of there's just not a ton left right now in terms of who moves the needle. So, like when we're talking about like where we're headed, maybe with the Pac-12 in the future, and if if the Big 12 poaches uh, some teams from the Pac-12, correct me if I'm reading through what you're saying. It's more it feels like more consolidation than addition, right? Like that's sort of what I'm getting. I yes, in in, in terms of like the Power Five is kind of scooping up whoever's left in terms of moving the needle television-wise. It's not right. about it's not markets anymore. SMU in the Pac-12 is 
kind of a weird and unique situation. The ability for the Pac-12 to get into the central time zone and to get into Texas would be appealing. Uh, SMU has a crap ton of money mm-hmm. that it can use to do all kinds of stuff. Um, it's just, it, 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 again, that's another big geography situation. You know, like yep. sometimes these things are just inherent in, in, in what happens or not. And it's not really fair to anybody involved. But you've got teams that are in conferences solely because they joined a conference 100 years ago. And, you know, Mississippi State these days wouldn't be getting an invite, you know, to certain conferences. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. You know, but that's just how it was. And sometimes you just got to be in the right place at the right time. And Memphis just kind of hasn't. Yep. Hasn't gotten lucky. No question. No question. Now, uh, you mentioned San Diego State is one of the, the big jumpers from Group of Five to Power Five, but they're, they're in a weird situation, aren't they? Right? They had until June 30th to withdraw from the Mountain West, or they, paid 34, or they would have to pay $34 million. They asked for an extension. Mountain West said no, took it as their withdrawal, and now the Mountain West has essentially, what, kicked them out, and, and they, they don't necessarily have a place to go in the meantime, is this is this all going to figure itself out with them back in the Mountain West, or like what 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 is San Diego State doing? Is this sort of the president and and everybody uh, acting a little too fast at San Diego State when when we're talking about realignment and they're uh, sort of uh, maybe being coveted by the Pac-12? Well, I tried to explain this last week when everybody wrote, "Oh, the San Diego State wrote a letter to the Mountain West saying it's going to stay in the conference, so they're staying," and I said to quote Lee Corso. Not so fast. <laughs> they already had said they weren't leaving, and the Mountain West said, yes, you are. The board of directors has to allow them back in. The board of directors does not meet until July 17th. So we got about 10 days or so until it happens. Ultimately, 
yes, I think San Diego State will be let back in because if you're the Mountain West, you're sure as heck better having them right. than not having than not you're having just them. Just in a you Final Four and a that. good football program, it makes no sense to just kick them out and, to the curb. And if, and if you bring them back and lock them in, then either they're leaving early for $34 million or you're getting an extra year of them. So, like, there, there's not a downside here. I think the Mountain West kind of, you know, it didn't want to look like it was being used. And I think that's how it felt with San Diego State saying, we intend to resign. Can we talk about some of these details? You know, we've been really special. The Mountain West was like, we'll get out of here then. <laughs> and so I think cooler heads prevail and, and the Mountain West is okay. Yeah. Um, on that on that same topic, group of five conferences, we see the AAC adding add new teams this year. Um, with Sunbelt, same thing. Uh, Mountain West sort of stayed the same for the most part. Who, who is sort of the top of the group of five now? Are, are we going to wait and see next year, or do you have, you have a projection? I mean, conference-wise, I don't think it's wide open now. I mean, I know the American has dominated football, getting that New Year's six spot almost every year, but you lose – Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, that's a lot of those New Year's Six spots. Yes. I think, SM, I think SMU could take a really big step forward this year. They've had a ton of really good transfers. Rhett Lashley has reshaped that roster. Tulane obviously won the Cotton Bowl last year. They lost a lot, but they should still be pretty good again. I'm really interested about Boise State. Uh, they continue the momentum they had in the second half of last season. Um, Memphis, I mean, Memphis, I mean, I think the Americans right. wide open. I, I think they have a chance. Uh, you look at the Sun Belt. You look at Troy. Uh, you potentially continuing the momentum of last year's 11-win season. UTSA has won conference USA the last few years. Now they're in the American with a bunch of talent back. I think this group of five is going to be wide open at the top moving forward, and 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 that makes it makes it exciting. I think a lot of teams have a chance. Now, last thing for you, I want to I want to talk about two of the biggest brands in. Uh... In, in college football in Alabama and Georgia with their quarterback situation sort of not all figured out. And I know they're, they're totally different uh, situations ultimately because Georgia's won the last two national championships. Alabama has struggled to a certain extent the last two years, uh, at least a little bit. They lost really close games last year and a you know, couple of different bounces. You, you, you don't know where they would have been at the end of last year. Um, but any worry about those two teams and, and their quarterback situation going forward or, or when we talk about recruiting, it's just it's all going to figure itself out by the time we get into next year, and one of them seemingly will be in the uh, the college football playoff at the least. Well, I think the fact that Alabama went and got another transfer quarterback after spring ball and Georgia did not tells you how they feel about their positions. Carson Beck and Georgia looked pretty good. I, I mean, like there's a lot to yep. like there. He's a guy that they really – think highly of, you know, nobody saw Stetson Bennett doing what he did the last two years. Uh, but Carson Beck comes in with a lot of natural talent, look good in spring. Alabama, they look not so good in spring. And, and maybe the younger guys are the better players, but they bring in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, former starter. He reunites with Tommy Reese, who's the offensive coordinator at Alabama. And so Alabama's, you know, they've had a lot of skill player questions the last few years. Bryce Young carried that offense last year. He is gone. Do you have talent at running back and wide receiver along with quarterback? I don't know if they do. And and that's Alabama is going to be a fascinating team this year. Is this a Nick Saban situation where he's betting in his last few years, even though I don't know how long he'll coach. He, 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 he is a ball coach through and through. He may do it to, till his dying day. But is this sort of a, a transition for him back into his roots, where he where he started with Alabama, trying to uh, pound the rock a little bit more with Tommy Reese, play really good defense with Kevin Steele? I mean, it feels like that from the outside, but I, I mean, 
Um, considering the recruiting they've done, it seems like he's going back to that that well. I think the biggest, you know, the, the biggest challenge and difference with Alabama to me is Georgia. Like Georgia's gotten a lot of really good game-changing players that Alabama used to get. And once Kirby Smart got that thing rolling, got players that Alabama used to get, that took away from what Alabama could do. And now, look, they played in the national championship game two years ago. It's not like they're falling off the face of the earth, but things are a lot harder now. And Georgia may sign the greatest recruiting class of all time this year based on what they've done so far. I think that's just as big a factor as any, is that just – Alabama doesn't have as many game-changing players because some of them are at Georgia now. And so it's a really interesting year for Nick Saban. who ha- He's had a lot of coordinator turnover in the past, but to have to have it and not get your top targets does not happen so much. There were several offensive coordinators he tried to get and didn't get yep. and ended up with Tyler Buckner. Kevin Steele, you know, at Miami last year, Auburn, like not in a great situation. So it's a year of transition, and, and yeah, maybe Alabama's – transitioning a bit back to how it used to play. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but we'll do this again soon, Chris. Great stuff as always. Thanks for joining. Yep, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Have a good weekend. That's Chris Vanini at Chris Vanini on Twitter. Senior writer, uh, senior college football writer, I should say, for The Athletic. Go find all of his work at The Athletic. Now, Oxbow is a family-owned and operated retail store that's been making waves in East Memphis and Memphis as a whole for over a decade. They have Memphis-themed gifts and tees. Uh, when we're talking about Grizzlies vintage stuff, when we're talking about Tigers, they have the best one-of-a-kind, one-of-a-kind situation over there at, at Oxbow. 964 June Road. Uh, you go off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station, and there you have it. There's the, the two-story storefront. You go in. The staff is friendly. They'll lead you in the right direction. And they should lead you to the Hush Y'all Collection. 32 days out from our local PGA Tour stop here in Memphis, TPC Southwind. They have the Hush Y'all Collection. It is one of a kind. You're not going to find it anywhere else. They have hats. They have shirts. They have polos. Go in there, 964 June Road, and you can get that Hush Y'all Collection. But on top of that, they have vintage vinyl. They have sports memorabilia. They have uh, hunting and outdoor gear. Uh, they, they have your SEC favorites, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, whatever you want they have. And their top summer brands, Genteel Apparel, love it. Free Fly Apparel, love it. Good on the golf course, good breathable, uh, very, good for just sort of walking around casually, looking nice. Get those two. Also, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzen, and Maine. Get to 964 June Road, that two-story storefront off of Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station. Now, also, you can go online, shopboxbow.com is where you do that, and when you go to check out, you can get ship anything on that site anywhere in the U.S. of A, uh, but when you go to check out, use my promo code, The Gabe Show. All caps, one word, no spaces, The Gabe Show, G-A-B-E, The Gabe Show. You'll get 20% off your online order. So get to shopoxbow.com, use my promo code, The Gabe Show. Shop local, shop Oxbow. Now, we're going to do something a little different on the other side. I think you'll like it. It's going to be this or that. And the example, Connor's going to fire some things at me. And, you know, a this or that could be Jeremiah Martin or Kendrick Davis. Who do you pick? Which one do you pick? It's about preference. Uh, it's about the stats they've accrued. We will do that on the other side. You will love it right here on the Game Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Yeah. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. I got fake people showing fake love to 
follow me straight up to my face. Straight up to my face. I've been down so long, it look like up to me. It's Gabe Kuncho, 92.9 FM ESPN. Today, Marcus Smart officially introduced alongside Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins looks like he's about to run through a wall for Marcus Smart. He is bursting at the seams with excitement to have Marcus Smart as a Grizzly. Uh, but there's a couple of things that have been said. Marcus Smart says he wants to have that great relationship with Ja. That's something that they're looking for. Again, when we're talking about uh, a, a vet or a couple of vets that I'd want alongside Ja Moran, I think Derrick Rose and Marcus Smart would be right at the top of the list. What I did find most interesting, before we get to this or that, Connor, is that Zach Kleiman talked about before they went into the offseason, an aspirational you know, reaching for the stars list of players around the league that they would potentially want to go make a move for. Marcus Smart apparently was at the top of that list, and it was an aspirational move. The Celtics knew their interest, and ultimately it materialized. But that that's interesting that they had the, the foresight to see this being a possibility, and they went and made it happen. Yeah, they probably watched the playoffs like, like we did, and they said, uh, you know, I wonder if Boston would be interested in getting right. one of the, the three guards that they have. You know what I mean? And it's a... Uh, we usually think that these things happen spur of the moment, with a, especially with a guy that's sort of the heart and soul of that Celtics team the last few years, like Marcus Smart. Like, you usually think that'd be a spur of the moment conversation, but it looks like they, they had their sights set right. on Marcus Smart this entire time and, and got what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, you just got lucky that the Celtics had a Malcolm Brogdon and a Derek White there already, so they had to get rid of one of those guys. And to be quite honest, if I had to pick between those three guys, I would have probably wanted Marcus Smart. So, yep, no question. Well, Brogdon elbow issue that, there. That a healthy Brogdon, I'm taking yes. them. But all things considered, I'm taking Smart. Yep, for sure. Now uh, it's time. Let's 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 try this out. Let's get to this or that. Ooh, there it is. Dude, you gave me an, an excuse to put black course, sheep on yeah, the show. Let's, let's ride. Let's ride. So All what right. we start with. All right, first up, this or that, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? All right, both won Super Bowls with the Packers. Longtime quarterbacks for the Packers. I think this is an obvious one for me at least, and I want your opinion as well. I'm going Aaron Rodgers all day, twice on Sunday, uh, on Monday, Tuesday. I, I want Aaron Rodgers. He, he – Maybe, you know, you, you could try to talk about who he is as a guy, but do you remember Brett Favre at the end? He retired and unretired like 15 times. But Aaron Rodgers makes less mistakes with the ball. I think he's more accurate. And I think in this day and age of football, I don't want that necessarily, that, that gunslinger mentality. I want to limit turnovers, and I think Aaron Rodgers does that for me while still giving me the same touchdown uh, uh, production. So I'm going Aaron Rodgers all day. Over I, Brett Favre. I think I'm with you. I got to go Aaron Rodgers here for everything that you just laid out. Brett Favre was an amazing NFL player. Um, but like you said, it's just, I don't know. It feels like Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented people to ever touch a football. Like, yeah. the, the way that he can place a football, it makes your team better. I think he makes your team better than Brett Favre makes your team better. Well, There's no it, it, disrespect it, it, to Brett Favre. There was my, I mean, but, Brett, Brett Favre I mean, was great. Aaron Rodgers is He's unreal. Dude. Yes, he's unreal. He is. Um, it, it's sort of soured the last two years, but don't remember. Don't forget. I should say, don't forget the end of Brett Favre's career and how annoying that was. Well, following, and alongside. if you do want to bring in the off the field stuff, Aaron Rodgers is is way way less yes. because Brett Favre's kind of a monster now. Yes, so. he is. Yeah, the whole welfare fund thing. Yeah, in Mississippi. yeah, yeah. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Give me Aaron Rodgers in the Iowa baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me all that. Let me let me get let me get those uh, those mind altering drugs over the, the defrauding the welfare fund there in uh, Mississippi. I'll take that. right. 
this one's going to be controversial. It, it, it's this one's. This gonna is be sort t- of a generation one, isn't it? If I'm not mistaken, we went over this before the show. Maybe, maybe Randy Moss or Jerry Rice. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna let you talk first, Gabe. All right, so th- I think there's there's a generation gap that, that a little bit with this one, and I have to say up front what I think. I think Jerry Wright is the best wide receiver we've ever seen play in the NFL. I think when we go over the numbers, he's very clearly the best wide receiver we've ever seen in the NFL. Not necessarily in a pass-happy era, so it was a little bit harder. He was a Chris Brout runner, didn't really have the speed. But for this one, I have to go Randy Moss because I think the deep threat he was, um, the route running he had maybe sort of rivaled to a certain extent Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was definitely the better route runner. But but Randy Moss set the single-season record for receiving TDs in a year with 23 when he had Tom Brady. When he had a good wide receiver or a good quarterback with him, like Jerry Rice did for most of his career, for a lot of his career, um, Randy Moss, the production was unbelievable. And uh, Jerry Rice is famously a 4-7-40 guy, where Randy Moss is a 4-3-40. I, I had a... After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, strength coach in college, Josh Storms. He's now at Florida State, and he was with the Vikings for some time, and he talked about Randy Moss just being one of the most gifted athletes he's ever seen. Jerry Rice had to work for it all the time, but Randy Moss would pull up out of his car, eating a McDonald's uh, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, and start running sprints in the summer, and he wouldn't even he wouldn't miss a beat. So I, I, I'm going to go with Randy Moss. I think better athlete ultimately, and as a deep threat, he was the best we've ever seen. I, I gotta, truly go, I gotta go Jerry Rice. Ah. I gotta go Jerry. Well, and man. here's the thing: the stats tell you Jerry Rice, but I just think it was a different era. You, you got guarded differently, so I, I, I just I like Randy Moss more in this conversation. If I, if I'm today, which one of these guys I'm going Randy Moss? The thing is, it's not that I disagree with anything that you said. It's just I think I have to take into consideration the full career, the full accolades. They're not that different. From a wide receiver standpoint, yeah, like Randy Moss can burn you. I just feel like that Jerry Rice is a more complete receiver for some reason. As, like as, I as think a of, sure-handed guy, when like I think I get of it. the perfect wide receiver, Jerry Rice is who comes to mind. I also must add, I grew up with an uncle who was a massive San Francisco 49ers <laughs> okay. fan. Right. So Jerry Rice has always been this legend in my life. I do also think that we need to point out, though, Randy Moss had the goat thrown to him, like. For a uh, for yeah, the, but the, the, the one, but twilight the of his that career. You brought up, Gabe. The one season I brought up, yes. 
are you trying? Are you saying that Randy Moss was in the twilight of his career, or Tom Brady? It, well, it, that was the last. I mean, it, Randy Moss didn't last that much longer okay. after the Pats. I days. thought you were saying Tom Brady. I was about to like Gabe. We got to be honest with each other here. <laughs> I, um, gotta, I just got to go Jerry Rice. It's just like, like if if Jerry Rice had Tom Brady thrown to him, I feel like he would break the record too. Uh, That's kind of what boring. about what about Joe Montana though? <laughs> like, I mean, like, Joe Montana, I, 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 like he's right there. He's Joe, usually second Joe, in those conversations. But, I mean, I. I Whatever, like Joe Montana, <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not gonna, it's act, not, it's we're not, not gonna big, act like it's like it's, that it's big not, of a difference. I don't know, like Jerry Rice has never led the NFL in receptions. He like he. All right, how about this? Like, For most of his career, we're talking about Dante Culpepper, right? Dante Culpepper, yeah. Joe Montana, <laughs> right? Like I, I just feel like Randy Moss until he got with Brady was still phenomenal. Yeah. Um. But when he got with Brady, you saw just, oh, my God, what he could unlock. Jerry was it was still insane. awesome, though, outside of the 49ers. Yeah. He still was awesome. Not really. Yes, he was. I mean, Raiders, Seah- Seahawks, not really. He was very good on the Raiders. Yes, he was. I would push I would push against Don't that. Don't let me bring up Jerry would, Grant's I would, stats. I, would, I got him. <laughs> we looked him up. I would push against that. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going Randy Moss. You're going Jerry Rice. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. They're not that far apart. We can love them both. Yeah, that's what this that's the whole point of this exercise, isn't it? Oh, I thought it was to yell at each other. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what we got next? Next up, our final non-Grizzlies one. This one's a little bit easier for me. Today's day and age, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? Uh, this is kind of easy for me, believe it or not. I'm gonna go Justin Jefferson. I think Joe Burrow spreads the ball out really well for Jamar Chase. And, and I'm not saying Jamar Chase wouldn't be great without him, but Joe Burrow is fantastic, and they played with each other in college. We have a guy in Justin Jefferson who just won Offensive Player of the Year, caught for 1,800 yards, eight TDs, with Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball. 128 receptions. Justin Jefferson also has more of a repertoire route running than, than Jamar Chase has ever had. Jamar Chase is really good at route running, and he's uh, relatively sure-handed. I think Justin Jefferson's a more sure-handed receiver. But Jamar Chase is a deep threat. He can burn you downfield. I think Justin Jefferson has that, maybe a little less than Jamar Chase, but him working underneath, him working in the intermediate, give me Justin Jefferson. I agree with everything that you just said. I have nothing to add. Okay, no notes. rock on. Now we have some Grizzlies? No ones? notes. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and uh, Gabe, we need to put on our fire suits here. People, be kind to us. Be kind to us. You don't have choice. to be kind. I can take it. The first one, Grizzlies. Talking prime. We're talking prime. prime. D-Rose, Ja. D-Rose. D-Rose, no ACL. I mean, what could have happened? I understand he was an explosive athlete. and You could say it was always bound to happen. He was the youngest MVP ever. And what he did with the Bulls, we're talking about Eastern Conference Finals appearance. Obviously, Ja could, in the next few years completely change the script on how I answer this question. But at this given moment, with John not having written his whole story, D-Rose having written his whole story, three All-Stars, youngest MVP ever, it's got to be prime D-Rose, right? And I I don't think there's that much of a difference in skill set, but I think D-Rose in his young career may have accomplished more than Ja has in his young career. Let's be honest. Yeah, I think that's that's completely fair to say, and I like the – what, what you said is that in a few years, we might look back on this question and be like, how did we pick D-Rose? But right now, right now, I'm taking prime D-Rose all day. That, and that means nothing to John Morant. John no. Morant's one of the most exciting players in the NBA. One Once of the he most comes back from this 25-game suspension, I, I expect think, him to get back to the top of his game. I think Ja is an MVP-level guy. He's an all-NBA first-team-level guy. Perennial all-star. Could probably be the best Grizzly to ever wear that uniform. I got to take D-Rose, though. Yeah. Watching him in his prime. 
was unbelievable. It was it's it's hard to describe to people and who like, weren't around for Derrick Rose. Raising the ceiling of Joakim Noah and Lou Day. like he raised the ceiling of that entire Carlos Boozer was the second leading scorer. He had that Cavs team on its heels, man. Yep. Like he that was, game winner. Derrick Rose, man, was special. There's a reason he's the youngest MVP in league history. And he's also like he took that massive market he was in and made it his own. Like, that is a hard market in Chicago with Michael Jordan and all that happened with the Bulls in the 90s. It's hard to really uh, get them to attach to, to you. He is he did that in a big way. A big I, don't, way. I don't think Ja is super far away from that. But right now, if you ask people, Derrick Rose is a legend. Yes. He's a yes, legend to people. Yes, absolutely. And Ja just hasn't reached that level yet. So I think he can potentially get there. But right now, I got to go with D-Rose. All right. Next. Jake, Jake LaRavia or Zaire Williams? <laughs> this is impossible. I am going to lean because of the injuries and what we've seen with Zaire early. I'm going to lean Jake LaRavia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I We've seen Zaire last year, and there's been some issues. I don't know what the injury is going to look like going forward. Yeah, have I seen Zaire do things on an NBA floor that Jake LaRavia hasn't? Sure. But I think Jake LaRavia... Um, I think he's a more well-rounded player. He stayed in college longer. I, I just, I, I right now, if you give me that chance, I'm going to take Jake Laravia. But I, I, I think that more speaks to where I'm at on Zaire Williams and his development. I'm, I'm slightly out. I, I hate to say it, Connor. I, I am kind of out on Zaire Williams at this given moment. That could change, but I am, I'm, I'm leaning Jake here. I'm still a believer in Z. I'm rooting for the kid. The injuries freak me out. If you made me put money on one of them right now, I gotta go with Jake. Yeah, it's, that's, it's the, a sad, that's, it's that's sort of where I'm at. It's unfortunate. I, I'm not happy about it. No, I'm not happy hell about no. it. I feel like I'm forced. I'm, I'm almost forced to take Jake. You yeah, know and what if I mean? you asked this after the draft last year, at Zaire Williams every day. Yeah. yeah, after la- after Zaire's rookie season, I would have been like, I think there's something there. It's just last year was there's no that way to, there's no way around it. It was a disappointment. It was yeah, a disappointment. And, and like, it's, it's a bit of a di- it's a disappointment. He's not playing summer league. The, I hope he gets healthy. The problem but, was Zaire last year too. The turnovers, how uncomfortable he looked with the ball in his hand, how uncomfortable he looked on the defensive end. It just I, it scares the hell out of me going forward. All right, you ready to uh, this this is the one. All right, this, this is last the one. one, last one, final one. The ceiling. We the are ceiling, talking the ceiling. Top, the, peak. the top. The peak. Kenny Lofton Jr. or X? Oh. Xavier Tillman, Kenny okay, Lofton Jr. Okay, the peak. See, but when we're talking about ceiling, this is tough because you're talking about the peak. I think the peak of Kenny Lofton Jr. is the one I'd take. He's way better at scoring than, than, than Xavier Tillman. He can stretch out to the three-point line. But the issue is, with this particular team, the reason X is more valuable is X rebounds, sets screens, does all these other things. If Kenneth Lofton Jr., at some point, can find a way to mold himself more like X with the offensive bag he has, that's the ceiling I want. That's the ceiling I want. I, I think I think Xavier Tillman's ceiling is very low compared to uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr.'s. But you have to go reach that ceiling. That's always the issue with young players and trying to project. I think to be the role player that Xavier Tillman is is not an easy job to do. That being said, I would also take Kenny Lofton because if you told it's really looking at this, if you could slam Kenny Lofton and X together, that's the perfect oh, back and big. That's exactly player. what you want. Right now, I'm taking X. Ceiling, I'm taking Kenny because if you told me that Kenny figures out how to do everything, all the intangibles that X can and do right now. That's what the ceiling would be. That's what that ceiling would yeah. be. I got to take that. I just don't think that X would ever be able to catch up to Kenny Lofton's scoring ability, but I think that Kenny Lofton has the potential to be somewhat what X is. I, I, it's just, I'm going to be, screens, screens. 
If he can learn how to screen, if he can learn how to really rebound and defense, just be serviceable switch. defensively, that's where we're going to get somewhere. He's yes. got to learn how to screen, though, like because that's one of the best maybe things that X can do. And, and I think especially switching on the defensive end, losing a little weight, trying yeah. to cut some of that down, it, the ceiling for Kenneth Lofton Jr. is definitely the one I'd take over, over Xavier. Can Trump. I add one real quick that somebody yeah, sent ahead. in? Somebody asked me Guardians of the Galaxy or Across the Spider-Verse. It's not even close, y'all. Across, across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse all day. Yeah. 10 Easy out of 10. Money. Easy money. Easy money. So that was that. We picked. We that was skipped that. this and went for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that has been. That is. This has been this or that. We're gonna go ahead and grab a break. When we come back, we wrap up hour number two with small talk right here on the Gabe Coon Show, ninety-two nine FM, ESPN. Here on ninety-two nine, we talk ball every weekday from four till seven p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. Small Talk today is dedicated to NFL quarterbacks and former NFL quarterbacks' love interest as of lately. How about this? One, and this is sort of the lesser of the two, uh, Josh Allen was caught making out with Haley Steinfeld. Obviously, she's an actress, but they're on vacation in Mexico. He's come a long way, Connor, I have to say, from Wyoming Cowboy to a fling with Haley Steinfeld. This is an impressive come up for for, for our man, uh, Josh Allen. I'm very jealous. <laughs> this is an impressive come up. We, I mean, he needs a pat on the back. I mean, he needs something. Although he does get, he gets praised enough. He gets praised enough. But Haley Steinfeld and Josh Allen, never thought I'd see the day. But here we are. Here we are. I didn't think he'd be anything in the NFL. Full, oh, really? Full, full disclosure. Full disclosure. I didn't think it would be much. I think a lot of people were on that boat, especially after his rookie year. But, uh, He's become something in the NFL. And with the accolades, with the attention, comes Haley Steinfeld. So good for him. Well done. Now, this is the one that's uh, tricky for me. And it's, it's sort of been in the news cycle for a while. I can see Connor smiling because he knows what I'm about to bring up. First of all, I want to do a quick sidebar because it has to do with Michael Rubin's all-white party for July 4th. What, why is everybody so surprised that Michael Rubin knows celebrities and athletes? Why is everybody surprised? Everybody's like trying to do these like Mega Illuminati things. person has huge parties. Yeah, like they're trying to do the Breaking whole Illuminati news. thing. It's like, what are we talking it about? It is hilarious that Grant Williams is there. That's hysterical. That like <sighs> all these people are there and then it's like Grant Williams and Tobias Harris. It's a little funny. <laughs> well, but, Tobias like, at least has the big contract. Here's what I'll say right? though. If they are there, it's not the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> but why are people surprised? You know, like you got 21 Savage and all these rappers and all these actresses and sing. Why are we surprised Michael Rubin knows them? Of course he knows them. I mean, good Lord, he's a memorabilia guy. <laughs> he works hand-in-hand with these people daily. But at Michael Rubin's party, there's a bunch of reports coming out, Connor Dunning, that Kim K and Tom Brady were being very flirty on the beach. What do we think about this? I, I Listen, this is what I'll say about Tom Brady. Tread lightly. And, and the only reason I say that, and I, I don't think it's any – I'm not going to blame it on Kim because I think pe- there's a lot of people that always blame it on Kim. It never ends well with Kim K. Never ends well. We, the Chris Humphreys thing was over quick. Um, I guess Reggie Bush got out unscathed, but now Mark Ingram's replacing him on Fox Sports uh, uh, Saturday kickoff. Um, let's see. Kanye didn't end well. Has not ended well. Um, it just doesn't end well. It just does not seem to end well with Kim K. So uh, I don't want to see TB12 go down that path necessarily. This or that, Haley Steinfeld or Kim K. <laughs> I'm going Haley all day. I think, I think, I think Haley. Because I, I, Kim K and that family, they scare me, man. They scare the They're hell out too of powerful. me. They're too powerful. You want to talk about Illuminati? They're too powerful. <laughs> I'm just I'm I mean, just you know about the story about them opening up a church to funnel money through? You know about that? No. Well, I'm not going to tell that today. I guess I'll tell you all. You can't. Ah, cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Tom Brady and Kim K, 
It's been in there. I've seen it in the tabloids. But uh, Michael Rubin's party brought brought out all the speculation. You think they're going to f- be, in, be, in be in a fling here soon? Little no, thing going on? I do on? not. Okay. I don't know. It seems odd. It seems like an odd fit. It, well, it, yes, of course. Like, what would they talk about? Football? But, like, is that, yeah, like, Brady? I don't know. Brady, Brady seems like a weird dude. And I don't know. I just don't know if he could. Uh, uh, what do you think Kanye and Kim K talked about? All I don't know. Years? Kanye's like, he's kind of crazy, but at least he's eccentric and he has these thoughts and he loves art and all these things. I I, I understand a little bit. With, you think with Kim K is like a super artsy person? Yes. I, I have to watch their shows. Kim's Kim's kind of a deep thought person. She cares. I think I think Tom's too much of a robot. She's a deep thought person, really. She is. I okay. give I give Kim K more credit than she than she gets. Is she the one I, that said I didn't come this far just to come this far? Gabe, I thought that was very, going somewhere else. Good God. Very, very, Good God, Gabe. Very deep thoughts. All right, very we got it in there. Oof. Very deep thoughts from Kim K. You know I don't go that crazy, button. brother. You know I don't. <laughs> we got one more hour left in the show. We're going to go ahead and spend the first part of it talking with Kelly Eco next. He's from The Athletic. We'll talk about the DB trade. We'll talk about the NBA as a whole. That's next, 92.9 FM. Yes. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.